Testing. 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 I am horny for David Bowie. I want him to come back from the grave as a vampire and fuck me. Welcome to Sex in the Cinema, the podcast that strips down the celluloid to the real reason you watched that movie. Welcome back, cinephiles and perverts. I'm Tori. I'm Maggie. And we are back with part two of our blood-sucking sapphic seduction lesbian vampire series. I'm really excited for these films we're covering today. Me too. It was a broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But so much fun. Oh my god. Yeah, man. I I got something from everything like in a very inspiring way. I mean, once we get to the hunger, I'm gonna... Yeah. Go balls to the wall. But yeah. um Yeah. So today we are covering, yes, as Maggie said, a large spectrum of film. So we're gonna start off with the vampire lovers, <laughs> which I'm also excited to talk about. I love this movie. <laughs> And then we're going to go to Fascination, mm-hmm. Fascination, mm-hmm. Um, a French film. And then we are going to conclude with The Hunger. Okay. The famous film starring David Bowie, Susan Sarandon, and the one and only Catherine Deneuve. So good. Okay, so I guess let's just dive right in. Let's get started with The Vampire Lovers. Uh, so this was made in 1970, directed by Ray Ward Barker. Mm-hmm. Maggie, may we have a plot summary, please? But of course. A peaceful hamlet in 18th century Eastern Europe is home to a female vampire with lesbian tendencies <laughs> who ravages the town's folk. Years earlier, she killed off all of her fellow vampires. Adapted from J. Sheridan Lee Fawn's Carmilla. Great. <laughs> okay, a couple things about this film before we, like, dive into whatever. So this is, leg- like, this is pretty much a, an adaptation of Sheridan Le Fano's novella that predates Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh. Actually, and it was serialized originally, and it is the sort of first lesbian vampire, co- like... Oh, wow. Yeah, like story that is so cool i had no idea yeah and it's it's really i have i read a i haven't read the novella but i read an erotic like interpret well no no no. like one of the (laughs) like these like i don't know it's like these like horny housewives like i don't know they they will write erotic interpretations of things like pride and prejudice or like phantom of the opera Mm -hmm. and there was one of carmilla and i read that and i brought it on vacation with me and my dad and it was on my (laughs) ipad i bought it as like an ebook and i remember like going to the bathroom with and like reading it like on our father-daughter trip (laughs) i know i think i like needed to like get away from my dad at like certain points i mean that trip was like 70 percent good times 30 percent fighting as it like (laughs) as you would expect 
But um, the book itself actually was really transgressive and very feminist in the sense that, like, the female characters were portrayed against the Victorian grain as, like, helpless and blah, blah, blah. And, like, the men, as we can kind of see in in this movie, were incompetent. Mm-hmm. And, like, they couldn't figure it out. Where And it was just, it was really... It was transgressive. It was, it was, it's really interesting. You know, it was kind of like a huge step forward, but I would argue that this movie caters 100% to the male gaze. Oh, 100%. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, so another tidbit about this movie. This is a Hammer horror. So Hammer Films was like this huge institution that made horror films from like the 1950s through the 1970s it was like this you know it's it's iconic and um i would say that all hammer horrors like they're kind of hammy you know what i mean like they're they're hammed up this is very hammed up very very fun yes yes absolutely (laughs) funny yeah so um also like hammer horrors like there's kind of like a and aesthetic visuals and stuff. And so just like kicking off with a movie at the mm-hmm. very beginning, we have like this prologue where it's like this brother whose like sister got murdered by like this vampire lady. Smoke machines. Yes. Like fog. And I loved how the technicolor like, too. Yeah. Like the color, like I felt like a technicolor, like it didn't feel like it was 1970s. If it, I don't know. I just loved the coloring. And yeah. I thought it was so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Throughout some of these movies, we have a couple cast bombshells that I'm about to drop for you. Okay. So, but, but before we get into that, so be- I'm not even going to talk about the cast except for the bombshell I'm going to drop later because the star of this movie is heaving bosoms. Tits. But like, also I was like, are these tits real? Yeah. Dude, these women got cast for their tits. It's like hooters. Okay, exactly. Well, then this makes sense. But I was just like, their tatas are just (laughs) just gorgeous. Who knows? I mean, like, these women, they got cast for their tits, not their acting ability. Are there accents? No, but I will say I actually thought the actress who played Carmilla did a pretty damn good job. Okay, so let's kind of dig into, like, our first sex scene. So this is in the prologue, and, like, this brother whose, like, sister was murdered, he's, like, trying to kill this vampire that's, like, walking around with, like, the sheets over her, whatever. So cool. He drives her, like, (laughs) he, like, lures her into the castle. He's like, I'm going to kill the monster. And he, she, like, takes off her, like, ghost costume, and it's, like, this hot lady, and she's, like, walking to him with her arms open, like, seduced him and then it close there's a close-up to their chest pressing together Mm -hmm. and somehow her like it's like a free the nip moment somehow like her we see like part of her areola Mm -hmm. against the bust line of her dress it's like popping out the collar how did that happen she it wasn't out it's a titty two seconds ago this is it's like basically it's almost like a russ meyer film yeah you know it is but yeah presses against the cross cross and she's like i love that i love that imagery yeah of the breast against the cross. I was just like, how did that nipple come out? It was like magic. It like slip. wafted out of of the of her collar. She's a vampire. She can just pull them out. Yeah, I, yeah. Like it like she magically just, like flows, like, like the breast now can levitate out. Yeah, but anyway, if if he hadn't been wearing that cross, and maybe if she hadn't pulled down her like if her boobs hadn't come out so much, maybe that cross wouldn't 
have touched her as much and she wouldn't have been like and And then yeah so we the ladies do have fangs in this movie sick yes and he so like the brother like because the cross touched her she's like and then he like chops her head off because that's one of the ways you can kill a vampire in this story you can get him with a stake or chop their head off. Stake in the heart. Mm-hmm. You stake in the heart and then you chop the head. Yeah, and if you really want to make sure you double down and do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like that's the prologue. So it's kind of like this free the nip scene. So it's like a vampire hunter. He, it, well, no, he's just trying to avenge his sister yeah, who yeah. was like murdered by, by hunting by vampire. that blonde vampire yeah. who, as we learn later, is part of the Karnstein family. Yeah. Just like this family of vampires. Yeah. Um, so then we go to, like, modern day, and there's, like, this birthday party happening at this house for this dumb bitch named Laura. I'm sorry. Like, she's you so fucking she boring. Yes. She's so fucking boring. Don't eat boring. Girl, I'm about to rip apart Emma for this whole movie. Emma or Laura? Emma. I just thought Laura was, like, lame. Emma's the redhead, yes. right? And she does not deserve that hair color. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't earn All that. needed hair oil, that dumb fucking personality. Um, but well, anyway. they were supposed, they were casting these women as dumb. Yeah, but, like, I have issues, which we're going to dig into. Yeah. But, so. <laughs> but it was funny. To me, it was funny. No, it was hilarious. <laughs> but, like, okay, so. Laura is, like, having this birthday party, and then there's this girl named... So Laura's blonde, there's this girl named Emma, who's, like, her friend. This hot bitch shows up at the party. Queen, Her baby. name is Marcala, or Mircala at this time, which is actually in an anagram for yeah. Carmilla. She comes up in this, like, I thought rut. it was Marcela. Or maybe it is Marcela. It's Marcela. It is Marcela. The, the first one's Marcela. Marcela, okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she shows up. She's in a red dress. The actress is Ingrid Pitt. But anyway, I think she actually does a pretty bang-up performance mm-hmm. with, like, the this hammy material that she's given. I thought she had a lot of complexity, but we'll, we'll get into that later. So, like, Carmilla walks in. All the dudes at the party are like, oh, and, like, everyone wants to dance like with obsessed. her. Yeah. She's so, also wearing this gorgeous, stunning red, red gown. Dress. The red necklace. And then she has that that crown, mm-hmm. like, the tiara with, like, the red. It was just like, yeah, of course everyone's staring at you. Yeah. So, That's anyway, stunning. this, <laughs> okay. So, they're, like, dancing and, like, having fun and whatever, and... This guy comes in, and he looks like Count Chocula, slash, like, he's playing a vampire in a middle school play. And he just, like, he shows up, and he talks to, like, Mirsala's mom, and Mirsala's like, a death just happened in the family. So, therefore... Mirsala has to stay with Laura and her dad while the mom, the countess, the countess addresses this death. Mm-hmm. So Carmilla's, or, Jesus, Mirsala is staying with Laura, and they like immediately like get along. They're like friends, and like Carmilla immediately starts exhibiting this classic trope that we've seen throughout these lesbian vampire films. You're mine. She has major moving van energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like she I gets mean, it's real like clingy immediately like, yeah. and she's like, I love you. And she's like so intense yeah. towards Laura. Mm-hmm. But as we're going to talk about later, Carmilla is a fucking serial love bomber. Dude, Carmilla is a vampire. Like it's like Yeah, but she in- love bombs. 
Oh, yeah. She's like, she, that's her way. She yeah. needs her fucking supply. Right, exactly. Like, this is like, that's what she's, how she's, this is how all of them survive. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, like, there's, like, stuff going on. It's like, Carmilla, they can never, like, or Mirsala, they can never find her in her room because she, like, quote, goes on walks at night. And then Laura has this dream. And this is actually, this is in the book, Carmilla. And I mm-hmm. thought they actually did a pretty decent job of this. The way Um, it's filmed is so cool. Yeah. So basically she has these dreams where a big cat comes into her room and it's like intercut with like sort of like pictures of blood cells and eyes and and then Mm -hmm. Carmilla's eyes and the cat bites her on the tit. Mm-hmm. And and that is one thing that is unique to Carmilla that I've never seen anywhere else cat? is the vampire. Well, no, the vampire doesn't go for the neck. Goes for the, the vampire tail. goes for the tit. Anyway, so yeah, she has like these nightmares. She wakes up screaming and then they're like, what is wrong with her? Blah, blah, blah. And they bring a doctor and they're like, she's anemic. She's watching her figure. That's just girls and like completely ignores it. Laura dies. Laura dies. She fucking deadsville. She's, Camila's sucking the shit out of her. Yes, exactly. Okay, but like, what is going on with Camila's sugar daddy? Are you talking about the count man? The count. I think he's their, I think he's their supervisor or like their general manager because every time she kills someone, he appears. But I'm like. He's like a micromanager. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, let me do my job. Stop covering. And also his like face. Cracking me up, dude. The guy he that's crazy. He doesn't makeup. say anything. No, ever. Or, well, he there was one like, time when he, he laughs. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he smiles, smiles like a crazy person, and then one time he's like. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm like, wait. But I was so confused. He, me too. This is what I'm saying with vampire movies. It doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. You just throw in a man on a fucking horse. You don't know what he he's appear- doing. Yeah, he appears every just time. Throw him in. She kills someone. I, he seems I, like a micromanaging boss. Yeah, but I'm also like, is she drinking the blood? And then is she like, like giving, it to, giving it to him? So he's like a like, pimp. He's taking a cut. He is. He's God. a sugar. He's like the sugar daddy kind of. Yeah. Like. He, he's using her as like a tool to like get blood and he just watches and is like ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy was great I don't know what the fuck he is I, I, I just his face and yeah. then he, oh my god yeah he's, so he's amazing he, he's throughout the entire movie very very worth it to watch this movie just for him honestly <laughs> um okay so this isn't necessarily like a sex scene but it's like a sex moment. There's really no like sex scene in here. Oh, there's just titties. Well, yeah, but there's but some kinda, like. But it's not. Well, I kind of dug the less is more thing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After like the fucking marathon that was our last episode. Oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so like the, the the doctor Laura's boyfriend and dad, they're like she's like dead in the bed, and they're like we gotta make sure the doctor pulls down the neckline of her nightgown Titty. to show her entire tit and then puts his like stethoscope thing like under not her even boot. on her heart it's not even on her heart and it's like her brunt like her so that- her dad her boyfriend the dog it's all men Dude. and it's like why yeah. is that necessary i'm just necessary? gonna call a spade a spade this is a tit centric yeah the no. tits are the stars of this tits are the sh- I can't imagine. But, like, it seemed like the, it was, like, titillating, but, like, is this necessary? So... I don't even know where the fucking heart is. <sighs> yeah, idiot. Pervert. Everyone's dying. God, fucking pervert. God. Um, 
Okay, now let's get to Emma. Okay, so because Laura's dead, Carmela needs to move her van to someone else's pussy, I guess. She needs she new needs, supply. Yeah, she needs a new supply. She's a narcissist. Yes, she is, absolutely. So she's she needs a new supply. <laughs> well, so her there. and, like, the Countess, they're, like, riding a carriage by Emma and her mom's house. And the carriage, like, and this is also in the book, like, the, they lose a wheel or something, and, like, there's nowhere for Car... Well, oh, she's going by Carmilla now, not Mirsala. Yeah. And she's... There's, like, nowhere for her to go, so she has to stay with Emma and her dad and Emma's, like, hot governess, and... Who I thought was the I mom. I don't think she's hot. Well, her I don't really... things were bothering the chit well, That's... Yeah. So, all right. Emma. Okay, so she's got the look... Do you know who Jane Asher is? She was in the original Alfie. She had, like, red hair. She dated Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. So, like, Emma has that look. She's like, a London bird. You know, she's got that sort of, like, swinging 60s London. Yeah, and, like, the brown doe eyes. And, like, like, bangs and red hair. Like, those heavy kind of, like, shag bangs and red hair. Uh Uh-huh, she... Okay, so, like, do you remember how, like, I said Christian Slater always kind of looks like he's about to be electrocuted? Mm-hmm. She kind of has that, too, but in a different way. Because she doesn't know how to act. She doesn't know how to act. Also, like, she acts like a five-year-old, but with giant tits. Which is just confusing. Like, yeah. she looks like unhinged. She looks like she's going to have a milk chart at some point. A milk chart? You know, like, when she's... <laughs> What's that? A milk shart. Like, you know when you're lactose intolerant and then you, like, have milk on accident? Oh. And then you're, like, talking, but then you're, like, your stomach is gurgling and you're, like, oh. <laughs> That's what her expression reminds me of. I am extremely not lactose intolerant, so well, I you've didn't... had diarrhea. You know that fear. Yeah, but I don't make the fucking stupid faces that she does well, all the, the time without diarrhea. Making. I'm just, like, at a beeline for the toilet focused. Yeah, because you're a normal person. She's a shardy. <laughs> Dude, she just, like, she sucks so much. She's so She's fucking so... stupid. Well, I was just like, yeah. I mean, obviously. I hate Emma. She is unhinged. Like, she looks like a baby with giant tits. Or I don't she have acts a like a baby with, with giant tits. With Emma. I have a massive problem with but her. I support you. I support you. Thank you. Um,. <laughs> Okay. Also, like, dude, okay. So, like, if Emma was, like, a normal, like, she seems mentally incapacitated to me, honestly. Like, yeah. Like, I just, like, I wanted to rip her, like, her face off every time I saw her talk. Yeah. And then Camila just, like, loves her. <sighs> but Camila doesn't love anybody. No, Camila. Camila really actually doesn't. hates herself. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, get to, all right, so this is, like, the first, like, kind of, like, titty sex scene, titty scene between Emma and Carmilla. Yeah. Emma knocks on Carmilla's door because she's staying at Emma's house, and Carmilla is, like, in the bath. Tits all the way out, soapy tits. Soapy tits, that's another level. Yeah, and and Emma walks in and she's like, oh, hello, and, (laughs) hello, and... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, what? These lovely dresses. <laughs> she's so stupid. So she's like looking at Car- Carmilla's dress and she and she's like so fucking stupid. She doesn't realize that this woman is hitting on her. Yeah. So Carmilla gets out of the bed and then 
puts a towel on, but she doesn't wrap it over her tits, too. No, she just, just like a, puts she it around her like, waist. Let's show everybody the gems. Yeah, and her tits are just out. You have out. cubic zirconians, I have diamonds. Yeah, and Emma is, like, going to try on the dress, and Emma strips down, and we see her giant tits. Yeah, and then Camila's like, yeah. And then, yeah, and then for some reason they, like, chase each Like, she's, they're, like, like trying to put on Camila's dress. They're like, <laughs> and they're, like, chasing each other around the room. So, she's like, like, male fantasy. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I know, like, this, it's so many, of, so much of this is, like, this is how straight men think that lesbians interact. Yeah. Like, you fucking morons. It's so funny. Uh, it is, it is hilarious. But anyway, they, like, topple on the bed together. Uh-huh. And Camilla's on top. And Camilla's on top. And she's, Camilla's like, always on top. stares into. Well, yeah, Emma couldn't even get on top. I don't think she's smart enough to be able to top someone. <laughs> she's going to lay there like a dumbass because she can't process thoughts. I'm sorry. She's just coming in hot. I am coming in real hot for Emma. She is bringing a shame to the redhead hair color, and she does not deserve it. Mm -hmm. I do not want that bitch associated with me. Yeah. So, yeah, and then Camilla, like, looks into her eyes, like, all thirsty as she's laying on top of her. Then, uh, so Emma also is having, like, the, the cat sex dream, and then she's, like, telling Carmilla, like, I get very excited at night. Also, I find it interesting that they chose it to be a cat. Yeah, well, I get it to a certain level because it's like in the book, it's more like a black panther, Uh you know, which is sort of this like as an animal, it's like visceral and kind Uh of sexual and powerful and muscular and like a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. You You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Then there's this scene that's like kind of funny where Camilla and Emma are, like, hanging out, and Emma's reading, like, this hetero romance novel, and she's, like, talking about how, like, she wants to be around boys and, like, whatever, and she's like, I wish Philip would come back, and or whatever the fuck his name is, and, like, dude, Camilla gets pissed. She's like, this story's stupid. Yeah, she's like, like s- stop throwing this hetero shit at me. Like, like, I like pussy and boobies. Yeah, and then she, like, has this love confession to him, and she's like, I I love you. I love you. Because she's got, like, kind of an accent. Yeah. Um, so. Camila has, like, the, the Yes. The, I love you. I love you. I love you, Emma. I want you to be with Emma me Emma loves me forever, yeah. Emma. Why am I turning into Schwarzenegger? I don't know. <laughs> I did that. Only you will know that. Emma. You will, you will laugh me forever, <laughs> Emma. <laughs> Don't you ever leave this house. That's I can't go into the church. I can't go into the church. Emma loved me forever. These flowers, get them out. These flowers are in the room. Um, okay. Then, all right, so we kind of get to, like, our crowning jewel sex scene of this movie. So Emma wakes up from said cat nightmare. Carmilla goes into Emma's room. So Emma is, like, describing her nightmare to Carmilla, and Carmilla's, like, comforting her. She pecks her on the lips. It's, like, kind of, like, light. Mm -hmm. And then she unties the bust of Emma's dress 
and pulls it down to show Emma's massively disproportionate giant tits. <laughs> and then she like kisses down Emma's neck. Does she feel her up? A little bit. Yeah, she like mm-hmm. kind of feels her up mm-hmm. and then Emma leans back and then Carmilla is kissing down Emma's chest. It's implied that she is going down on Emma. Mm-hmm. Emma looks like a psycho again, where her, like, eyes are, like, wide open. Like, she does not look like a normal person who's enjoying a sex act. Like, she doesn't... And, like, you can make whatever face you want when you're having sex. Like, everyone's orgasm face, like, you kind of look like a dumbass, you know? And, like, I'm sure I do. But in any case, like, I don't look like my head is about to explode or my eyes are about to, like, combust in my head like, what is wrong with her? And then it just, like, cuts away yeah, it cuts yeah. awkward face. It, it cuts, a, well, yeah, it cuts away, and then it crossfades to the vampire general manager, mm-hmm. their supervisor, mm-hmm. who's like, <laughs> <laughs> outside the window. <laughs> yeah, so then, <laughs> he's just, like, on a horse, constantly, like, this. lurking. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, I don't, I don't know. Also, like, I don't know how he's associated with their family. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, no, it really doesn't. So, anyway. It's like, of course, like, the one time there's, like, a woman who is, like, more of, like, or less, like, in control and, like, the the main, there's, like, some dude, like, that's, like, Uh has to control her somehow. He's running a (laughs) multi-level marketing scheme. He's running a multi-level marketing scheme. He's like, but wait, actually, there's a man behind this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. So, anyway, uh, Emma, the next morning, shows, like, her tit bite to her governess. I don't think we actually see her boobs. She just, like, pulls it down to show the governess. Um, And then Carmilla blames it on a brooch. Like she blames like, she blames y'all ain't got shit on me. <laughs> she blames it on jewelry, and then she gives the brooch to the governess. Oh, and then she's like, dude, makes that insane eye contact. Yes, with her. and then she seduces dude, the she governess. Her eyes. That's what's so cool uh, about right. vampires. No, totally. And like that governess, like I don't know. There's this whole like in in literature, this whole tradition of governesses being like these really sexually repressed like thirty year old women. Yeah, so you know, she's thirsty. She is thirsty as fuck. She's she also like hypnotized. Things. Yeah. So basically, Carmilla gives. Like the way gives... you feel about Emma's face, the way I feel about the governess's bangs. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so Carmilla gives the brooch to the governess, and now she's like, the governess is like horny as shit, and then Carmilla like follows the governess. She, she, no, she, governess, she guides the she governess, guides the governess into like, her room. Follow me. Yes, and then Carmilla strips down naked, and the governess body. is like, ha, oh, ha, and then, like, it cuts they, away. They, they fuck, right? Yeah, they, they, we assume they fuck. Um, so, yes, we assume Carmilla fucked the governess, but then the governess becomes, like, Carmilla's accomplice. Yes, because the governess is, is in love with the pussy. Yes, exactly. Okay, so there's this, like, whole thing. So Emma is, like, getting all, like, she's getting anemic again because Carmilla's, like, feeding from her every night. And... Dying. Yeah, so, like, the doctor comes by and he's like, we need to put these garlic flowers in the room. Like, we need to put these, like, things that vampires don't like 
and the um the cross necklace yeah and then so then there's this like whole thing where it's like butler versus governess where governess because she's like becoming like she's like on carmilla's side like carmilla can't go into feed when those garlic flowers are in the room. Camilla needs to figure it out. Yeah, so Carmilla, so governess is like, we need to get those out of the room. And the butler, like, is like, no, 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 blah, blah. So, um, all right, so then we have another sex scene. Well, I wrote this as sex kiss, where Carmilla seduces the butler. And so I don't know what's wrong with me. You got turned on? I, no, I didn't get turned on. You're lying, like, no, 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 no. He got didn't, turned on. He didn't look that bad to me. Con- compared to middle-aged man Paul from fucking vampires. Yeah, I mean, because we've seen, I get what So you're much saying. disgustingness. There, he is a level up. I was like... It's kind of gross like, looking. Face like where he's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like that's later. That's later. That's later. Okay, so um, there's okay. So Camilla and the Carmilla and the Butler. Okay, so this is all, all intercut. Well, okay, so like the brother of like in the from the prologue and Laura's dad and like someone else. Like they team up like together and they're like vampire hunting. They're like we have to stop this. Um, so he, so the butler is basically, like, under Carmilla's spell after she kisses him. Then he sees her in the hallway. Carmilla, like, brings him into her bedroom. They, like, start making out, um... Uh, like honestly, like, I don't know. Like he looks like a better kisser than middleman. Like well, middle-aged, I will give you Paul. this. They have a real. It looked like a real kiss. Yeah, and he's kind of got like Michael Young, Mike, like youngish you Michael Caine you energy. <laughs> like a little bit of like young Michael Caine. You say whatever you need to I don't, say. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. I don't know. I think I'm. It, I mean, it wasn't as like. Hey, bad. I don't like it, but it wasn't. You were just like this Bad. is acceptable. This for me. is more acceptable. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're they're like making this is out the bridge for you, and then he tosses <laughs> her like they they fall down on the bed. He feels her up over her nightgown, and then she rolls on top. And that's when he makes like the gross <laughs> face where he's like smiles and he's like ah, ah. <laughs> I don't know. And then, like, and also his teeth are really bad. Like, that's what kind of killed it yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, Ugh. and then she uh, bites him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was just going to say, I think we also go to a point in the movie where Camilla is like, hates what she does. Like, mm-hmm. she hates herself. Remember? Yeah, there's that scene when There's the church, like, pro- like, the funeral procession yeah, is she's walking like, by. I hate, like, it's like she's so, it's like she's tired of she's living She's tortured. This life. She is. And and I thought that, it, that's what made her performance, like, her performance, mm-hmm. Ingrid Pitt, the actress, mm-hmm. her performance was pretty fucking solid, man. Yeah. I empathized with her. Yeah. Which I did not expect to do. And I also thought the sound editing during that whole church like because Carmilla she's out with Emma in the gardens and she sees a funeral procession Mm -hmm. go by and these church bells are banging and she kind of has like a panic like Carmilla kind of has a panic yeah she's having like an existential crisis or something yeah and and I thought I thought she was great and it's like yeah if I've lived 
that long. It's yeah. Killing people that also that you claim to be in love with. Mm-hmm. I would hate myself too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? No. That seems terrifying. No. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, oh, I have Emma Sucks written down again. So we find out. It's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, Emma, she, okay. So basically, Carmilla dumps the governess. Like, Carmilla's like, I don't remember, she's like trying to, like, Emma's basically about to die. Carmilla's trying to leave with Emma. The The governess is... Like, being like, uh, because she's kind of like in, remember Agra from Vampiro's Lesbos? She's kind of in that where she's like mm-hmm. getting desperate, anxious attachment mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. And Carmilla, like, basically bites her and kills her. And Emma sees it the whole time. Emma's too fucking dumb to process this. So she just passes out. And that, like, boyfriend guy she sort does, of comes. Does. Weak sauce. Yeah, and saves her, and then, like, the boyfriend gets, like, chased, or she cut, she gets, like, chased away by, like, the cross or something, like, the boyfriend shows Mila, her the yeah, cross. Yeah. Oh, and then she vanishes. Yeah, she vanishes, and she tries to go, she goes, she goes back, back to, to her, her grave. grave, and then the dad, the brother, and maybe Laura's boyfriend, I think, might have been in that group, mm-hmm. they find Carmilla's grave, and they stake her, and then they cut her head off. And we find out that Carmilla is part of the Karnstein family. Yeah, Carmilla Where it's, like, like, this entire generations of vampires, mm-hmm. and the, the uh, brother had nearly killed all of them off, except for her Carmilla. And her, her, uh, pimp. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How is he? I don't think he's related to them. I swear to God, that was literally just put in there as like some sort of. Like we need a man. We need a man to be in control. Control. Yeah. Like I, like that's like the vibe I got the whole time. They like just can't let this like queen vampire just do her thing. No, it has to be because of this fucking random ass squeaky smiling vampire yeah and i also love the horses in the movie yeah i i didn't understand how he i don't think he's related to their family dude i just that's what i'm saying he's like he's he's like their pimp or their their it was like the director was like wait supervisor he was like wait a minute wait a minute there's something missing with all the titties and all of this we need a man in control yeah <laughs> uh, okay, so I have a bomb to drop. A cast bomb. Oh okay. My God. The guy who plays Laura's mom. As I was watching it, or Jesus, the guy Wait. who plays Laura's <laughs> The guy who plays Laura's so dad. I was like, I was looking at him. I know, the guy who plays Laura's dad. I was looking at him and I was like, I've seen this guy in something. I have seen this guy in something. So I looked up the cast and I found the actor who's playing Laura's dad. I clicked on his name. He was fucking Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars, A New Hope. He's the guy who orders them to destroy the planet Alderaan. Okay, I don't, I don't know. You don't know Star Wars, okay? Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking Star Wars man. That's cool. That's like a really famous Star Wars character. Yeah, like he's like a famous villain. You're like, he's that's like, where I know. No yeah, and I was like, holy shit! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I also okay. So like, what did you think about the movie? What? Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. 
I I don't know. I, I whenever you say these questions to me, I feel like I'm a little child in school, and they're like, "What did you think about that?" Yeah. And like any initiating thoughts that I had get like vacuumed internally. Okay. And I feel. Silent. Do you want me to not ask? No, I like it. Okay. But I just felt like I needed to. Say you need that. to engage in class. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you need class participation is 10% of your grade. <laughs> I liked the movie. I liked the Technicolor. I liked the color of the film. I thought Camilla was really cool. Yeah, me too. And I thought it was just really funny and like a fun Yeah. I had movie. a I thought it was a blast. I I thought the movie was a really good. Yeah, and time. I like how kind of like whimsical it mm-hmm. made the whole like vampire thing. Yeah. And it this is like this is what I was wanting. You know, like, last time, like, we didn't have... None of the vampire moves were, like, set in, like, the olden days. <laughs> like, this was, like, old-timey, and I was mm-hmm. like, yes. Like, I am ready for this. this yeah, is it I just want. felt like these three films that we did this round are very different and, like, very. just fun. Like, it was just, a, like, a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we move into Fascination? Yes. Great. Fascination was made in 1979, directed by Jean Roland. It's probably Roland. Jean Roland. 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 Um, he is actually a big director in the fantastique genre, which is kind of like a French genre of films that blends like fantasy and like science fiction and stuff like this. Love it. I thought this was a beautiful movie. Oh my God. Stunning. It was. I loved the way. I thought. I just thought this was very elegant and like a really graceful movie i thought it was really well done Mm -hmm. i I mean i thought this was actually like a good movie yeah it was i i love the way everything tied in i i thought it was also really beautiful yeah and i even like really enjoyed um it was intelligent this was intelligent like i was gonna say i really enjoyed like the banter and, like, the conversation mm-hmm. pieces between, like, the characters that I felt, like, were super developed compared to, like, a yes. lot of the other movies we've yes. been watching. And I also thought this film, out of all of the films, like, had the most legitimate feminist under, to like, the most legitimate feminist agenda. There is a that huge... felt, like, genuine, genuine and authentic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, a huge theme in this movie is gender power dynamics, mm-hmm. which I thought, and I thought they did it really well. They and did. I thought they did it honestly. Like, I thought this movie had integrity. Yes. That is a great word for it. Yeah. Because that's how I felt, too. And it, and yeah, it just, it felt, like, refreshing to watch it. Absolutely. Maggie, may we have a plot summary, please? Yeah. Fascination is a 1979 French horror film written and directed by Jean Rollet, starring Francois Mai and Bridget Lahi. I'm saying all this it's wrong fine, and I'm fine. so sorry. It focuses on a thief who seeks refuge in a remote chateau where two mysterious women with potentially sinister intentions are residing. Great. Okay, so let's just like start off. So this movie, it, it starts off abstractly. We see these, I think it's like three women, two who end up being Ava and Elizabeth, who mm-hmm. we meet later and then the lady who's like the matroness whatever and they are at a butcher's place drinking ox blood yeah and again anemia comes into play here Mm -hmm. so so this takes place in 1905 drinking ox blood is at this time a treatment 
for anemia. anemia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I actually loved in that scene, we see one of the women who I think turns out to be Elizabeth. She drinks the ox blood and she moves it over her lips like lipstick. like lipstick and it's like this big close-up and then the director zoom it like zooms on her lips uh-huh. it looks animalistic uh-huh. the way she's doing it it looks creepy and then it shows like a camera pans up to her eyes which also look like kind of crazy uh-huh. and I thought it was just really well done <laughs> so then we cut to this scene where it's like these like thieves are like in a fight together. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like this blonde guy named Mark. And one of them is this girl who's like the tomboy thief kind of. I don't know. I kind of, I liked her. I thought, I liked that she was like in the, in the thief gang and, and yeah, spicy. Yeah. She also looks a lot like Stevie Nicks. She does. You know? She was a hottie. Yeah. I'm okay. Sure. So this fucking thief guy named Mark, who is the male protagonist of this story, he like takes the girl thief or whatever it is, like, trying to, like, kill her. And so this is the first sex scene. She tries to, like, in order to get away, she tries to seduce him. She unbuttons her shirt and shows him her tits. Yeah. Nice tits. And he laughs. Like, he acts like a fucking Nazi. Like, he's got, like, first of all, he looks Aryan as shit. He's got, like, the blonde hair. And when he laughs, he's like, (laughs) he laughs like a smug, pompous Nazi. We hate him. And his attitude, he's like a smug, pompous Nazi. Yeah, he's Yes. yes, yes, exactly. He He's like a, a men's rights activist fascist. Uh-huh. And he has a gun. And one of the themes is he lords this gun over the other characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he has a second dick. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the whole the gender dynamic yeah. power mm-hmm. things that we see. So anyway, he like rejects Stevie Nicks and he's like, ha ha ha. And then he flees. So these other thieves are like after him. And then he flees to this chateau, mm-hmm. this beautiful chateau with like a moat around Gorgeous. it and everything. And he meets these two women that are like the chambermaids, chambermaids Elizabeth and Ava. And they're kind of like teasing him. He acts like an asshole. He like comes into their house with a gun and he's like, I'm taking control. I'm in power. I'm the one with the gun. You know, whatever. Yeah, this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, let's see. Yeah. So he goes and, like, locks them in a room together. And then we cut to our first sex scene. Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth and Eva are in a sexual relationship. There's they're this lovers. scene. Yeah, they're lovers. They're in bed together. They're like taking off each other's gauzy nightgowns, caressing each other's bodies as they like make out. And also, it's like, I like that they, it like, sorry, he was like locking them in a room as punishment. And then right. they're like taking their power back and like, well, we're lovers. Yeah, and, we're like, going to like fuck. And... But again, like this sex scene, it was just like so like light and butterfly kissy and it's like I feel like that's the a man's interpretation Absolutely. of what lesbian sex no, looks like. Yeah. Lesbian sex is not like this. Yeah. You know like it is not or just it like start off nice. Delicate so, little It just like, depends. It's like with anyone. It's like who you're with. I guess but the, we see this universally yeah, yeah. across the, the genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it's just, like, it's really starting to get on my nerves. Mm-hmm. And and I loved this movie, like, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's, it's, it's yeah, cause we've grating just, on me. Yeah, because we, it's been, we've been watching it for, like, a month. Right, right. 
So they have sex and they have a key out of their room. He didn't realize that like they're like there's two keys to every door. He knows everything. And they're like kind of like making fun of him this whole time. Like and and they're he they keep telling him like people are coming later. You know, like there's like this whole like they talk about how there's gonna be this he's gathering an later, and he's just like a fucking moron, and he's just like cruel to them. He's really just. He in, he speaks to them in such like a sanctimonious, mm-hmm. supercilious way, where he it's awful. He, he 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 infantilizes women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're stupid. They don't understand. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Problematic. Yes. Well, there's another sex scene where Eva seduces Mark, aka men's rights activist, fascist Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, and he also says something. He says, it's me who has the gun. It's me who gives orders. Yeah. And I just want to, like, rip his head off. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so Ava seduces Mark. And in terms of why she does it, I think it's to keep him there. Till uh, later in the night. Because mm-hmm. he's hiding out here until, mm-hmm. like, the thieves are gone. Like, the thieves who are chasing him are gone. Yeah. So Ava strips down to her, like, she, like, seduces him. She strips down to her pantaloons and, like, this very sexy lingerie peekaboo corset where, again, her nipples are kind of just, like, floating out of it Mm -hmm. in a way. They're just, like, slowly coming further Mm -hmm. and further out. It's, like, magic nipples in in a couple of these movies. So, yeah, the corset, like, shows her nipples. Then she removes his clothes and they kiss and then it cuts to them like fucking in missionary on the floor by the fireplace and then elizabeth walks in and gets like jealous and she takes mark's gun but then she like is has is having like suicidal ideation because she puts yeah. the gu- gun in her like own she's mouth gonna kill herself but then i was like because her lover's sleeping with a man right like she gets like jealous i guess yeah she gets i think it was like she was getting jealous right right also, I think Elizabeth might be a gold star because remember when Mark initially comes in and they're like, are you going to rape us? And Ava's like, oh, like, don't like you can do all the damage to me you want. But Elizabeth's a virgin. Don't touch her. Like they're joking around. But I think Elizabeth is a gold star. I don't think she's ever slept with a man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then like the thieves come back. So they're like coming after Mark. And Eva takes Mark's purse of coins and she's going to be like, here's the money to the thieves. She walks out across like the moat bit bridge to the theme, the thieves. Oh, yeah, because they're like shooting at the house or something. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a show, a big showdown. Yeah. She walks out with Mark's purse of coins and she's like, here, take this purse and like leave. And they're like, we got to count it first. And the thieves are, like, they're, like, we're going to, like, the one of the guys, like, takes Ava by the arm and, like, takes her out to the barn with Stevie Nicks, who it turns out is his wife. And he's, like, you're going to give my wife your dress mm-hmm. and then I'm going to do to you what I'm going to do to her. So he's yeah. basically, like, I'm going to rape you. So Eva is taking off the dress. She's getting completely naked. And then the husband, again, like Stevie Nicks, her boobs. Because like, okay, so like the husband is like opening Stevie Nicks's blouse and then like squeezing her tits in front of Eva. And it's like they're both kind of getting off on seeing Eva stripped down, Mm -hmm. I guess. 
Then, so she takes off her dress. Then the husband puts Eva in a stall with him. She lays down naked. He rapes her. Then Eva finds a knife from underneath the hay and stabs the husband while she's fucking him. Yay. And, yeah, awesome. And then she has, like, this black cloak that she puts on. I want to be this for she, she grabs a scythe. So the scythe, as like we've seen from like in esotericism and stuff on tarot cards, the Green Reaper. Yeah, it is I like was, the that's what it's symbol. Called, the scythe. Yeah, yeah, it's the symbol of death. death. And she's walking around with this scythe and this black coke. She slits Stevie Nicks's throat. And then she goes this to... This like, my highlight part of... I mean, there's so many, but, oh, like... Oh, dude, it was when this so happens, fucking this awesome. So fucking it was cool. so awesome it looking. It like, yes. Yeah, and she walks over the bridge, and then she slits the throat of the other two uh-huh. thieves with the scythe. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just... It was just super badass. badass. So the Marquess... I don't the know. Leader. Like, the Marchioness... I don't know how you fucking say it. Whatever. The lady of the house. Yeah, she's, like, the leader. Yeah, comes home... Because they're going to have, like, this this party tonight. She's talking to Mark. And she's giving him, like, kind of, like, all these warnings. She she says, beware that seduction can lead to death. And he's, like, kind of intrigued in a way. He's like, oh, I want to, like, conquer this, this woman or whatever. So then all these Victorian hot lady guests come over. And he thinks he's about to be, like, the star of an orgy. He's such an idiot. He's such a fucking moron. He thinks he's about to, like, be the star of this orgy. One of the things that also pissed me off, so, like, he, they're they're sort of dancing around. They have, like, a, a record player going. He is, like, the fucking douchebag guy that comes into a party and decides that he's gonna dominate the playlist. Yeah. And everyone's just gonna listen to what he wants because he assumes that he he he's just the guy. He's the guy. You know, man. He, yeah, he's just like the self-elected DJ. Cause remember he goes over to the record player and yeah, yeah. changes the record? Yeah, he's like, This is my party. Excuse like I'm sorry, like the entitlement. Ugh, it's so entitled. Mm-hmm. So fucking entitled. So anyway, they start playing Blind Man's Bluff. Which it, you know, so they put a blindfold I'm on him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> So it's, so he goes around and he's like trying to guess who like Eva is, I guess. And he's like feeling their faces and like their boobs. He's like feeling them up. So I, in any any case, he goes to the lady of the house and he guesses her correctly. And he's like, I deserve a forfeit. Like, what's my prize for winning? Oh, she says, I'll be your slave. I'll be your, yes, I'll be your slave for 15 minutes. Which was like, he was like. I don't know, like that. Bro, you about to get fucked over. Yeah. Like, well, just like what you think. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was really smart. Well, and like, what? Okay, so like she takes him to the fire, like another room by the fireplace, and he's like, take off your clothes. She gets into like her pantaloons and corset. He has her get on her knees, and he threatens to almost burn her with the butt of his cigar. He hates women. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, this moved from just like dickishness to like actual sadism Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so for some okay it is kind of explained later so these ladies they're like oh like midnight is the time to that's like when we'll get on the costumes and they they put on all these like beautiful like sheer veils oh my god i love yeah i loved it too you can see all the bush the tits whatever it's just like gorgeous looking elizabeth saves mark but i'm like quote saves takes him to the barn Mm -hmm. and Eva comes 
and Elizabeth ends up murdering Eva with the gun. Watch, I was like, why? I know, I was confused too. And then Eva is like walking across the bridge moat and all of the ladies are coming out. They see her dying and they all latch on her and they bite her and they eat one of their own. They like feed on her. Which is a beautiful scene. It is a beautiful scene. I love, I love how they did it. Back in the barn, Elizabeth is like explaining the whole situation to him. And Which she's like, for the, the ladies scenes. with anemia, we started drinking ox blood. It's very fashionable. And some of us ladies found that human blood is better than yes, ox blood for blood. curing anemia. And that's why they started doing this. And then... Elizabeth kills, finally kills Mark with his own goddamn gun. Cool. The conversation piece that happens between those two at the end was like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. But I will say that she's like, I killed like someone I love. Like she's trying Mm -hmm. to say like how ruthless she is. Yeah. So then she walks back and she meets, like I guess she eats him. That's sort of like assumed. She walks back and meets the lady of the house on the bridge. They're both in their cloak still. And the lady of the house says, you look beautiful like that with his blood on your lips. Mm-hmm. And then it ends. But then she lies to her. Yeah, she blames it. She blames That's what Eva. I'm What's up with Elizabeth? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Maybe she, she was the scariest one the whole time. We thought she was this shy little gold star. And she is the most the psychopath. evil. Yeah, she's the psychopath. She's the most evil. Yeah, I also, I gotta say, like, I thought the score of this movie was really, really I mean, well done. Like, this eerie, unsettling choral music that's, mm-hmm. like, throughout the whole movie. I thought that was excellent. It was really good. Excellent. Yeah. Any uh, final thoughts about Fascination? I was fascinated. I was fascinated. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. love that movie. I think it's great. All right. Let's move on. To the hunger. I am so fucking excited to talk about this movie. I had heard of this movie for years. I had never seen any of these movies before. So this was like a first time. Every fucking frame of this movie just blew me away. The sound editing was unreal. The editing, it's rhythmic and lyrical. It was just like, like, again, I kind of like had a religious experience with this film. I thought it was so well done. Mm -hmm. It was so cool and stylish. This film was so smart. It it is the epitome of like a true work of art. It absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. It it was just, oh my God, it was so good. And also like this movie is almost like a post-punk fever dream oh it's and that is totally my jam same post-punk new wave you know and um it was it was just amazing so this was made in 1983 directed by tony scott who directed top gun and days of thunder and like those blockbusters so this was like a huge departure Mm -hmm. for him like i'm not super familiar with like his entire body of work but like what a massive departure you know Well, we got to talk about the cast really quick. Okay, so this is starring David Bowie. If you don't know who David Bowie is, go fuck yourself. Like, who the fuck? Like, come on. Like, do you get on the internet? And then we have Catherine Deneuve, who is a fucking legend. Mm -hmm. She was one of the sort of major figures in French New Wave. Mm -hmm. She She was 40 
in this. I know. And, and I, I love that. Love, love dude, that too. I loved that because I feel yeah. like women get so desexualized and like, dude, like I'm 35 mm-hmm. and I'm constantly having anxiety that I only have like so many years of being hot left. Yeah. You know, like I'm having so much anxiety about that and it's stupid and uh-huh. ridiculous. I love that Catherine, Catherine Deneuve, she's like, she still looks stunning. stunning. Yeah. So sexy. Yeah, she's so. And dude, her and Bowie together. I know. That was just Overload. Like, oh, that was overload. Overload. So I'm saying the casting in this was amazing. Amazing. So and then we also have Susan Sarandon, who is also like an, an amazing Academy Award winning Love actress. Susan One of the most Sarandon. like incredible careers. Also stunning. Stunning. Amazing. Just like incredible cast. So Okay, so let's dive in. So this movie has one of the things that I love in film, one of my favorite things in film that I see, and when I do see it, I'm immediately like, fuck yes, it has a killer opening sequence. Editing the colors, and I love how the title zooms at you. Uh-huh. I love when movies Everything do that. Everything about this this movie was just so D- fucking dazzling. And the opening sequence is a sex scene. So we we start off in like this kind of new wavy nightclub. It is it opens with Bauhaus's Bella Lugosi is dead, mm-hmm. and that's perfect because Bella Lugosi was one of the most iconic Draculas of all time. He was the Dracula from like the horror mm. movie from mm-hmm. the 1930s. Count Chocula came from oh, Bella okay, Lugosi's yeah. interpretation. Yeah. Like he set the mold, and so it is featuring Bauhaus's Bella Lugosi's dead. Just like had this beautiful like theme. Of of synchronicity mm-hmm. and Bauhaus is like a post-punk like one of the first like goth rock bands mm-hmm. and it I is saw them. oh really mm-hmm. so do you remember what their lead singer's first name is no I don't either um but it, it starts with him and he's like performing in like a cage and then we see Bowie and Catherine Deneuve so their characters as we find out are John and Miriam is Miriam like that's is that like a common vampire name? I think so. Because we had a we had a, okay. Well, if the next Miriam I meet, I'm gonna be fucking suspicious. You should. We find out like he's been her lover for like 500 years or yeah. something like that. So let's okay. So this opening of the movie is this dual seduction scene. So they're in this club. It's like a new wave dance club. Bauhaus is performing. They look cool as. Fuck. Oh my god, the sunglasses. They're both wearing sunglasses. Bowie looks so unbelievably sexy. I am freaking Uh out, man. I am freaking out. She looks cool as shit. They both got sunglasses on, both in black. She's got one of those, like, sort of airline stewardess Mm -hmm. caps on, but it's kind of, like, military Mm -hmm. chic. It's foreboding. She looks so cool. Styling is insane. Everyone is chain smoking throughout this entire oh, movie. movie. Yeah, I like mean, if you want to smoke it, a cigarette. I know. So many times. I know. One thing we realize is we realize they're hunting. Yeah. They're out hunting. Yeah. And they hunt together. Yeah. So they find these, like a couple basically at this club. Mm-hmm. One is kind of like this new wavy punk chick. And then there's like this sort of like new wavy guy. Yeah. They bring them back to their apartment. Which is for badass. Yes. Their badass apartment or house yeah. for like drinks and sex. So I'm going to do a blow by blow of this. Yeah. Because I it. just, it was so awesome. Okay. Bowie takes this punk girl into the kitchen. So he gives her wine. She takes off his shades. He like strips off her leather jacket and she's not wearing anything else underneath. So like we see boobs. 
Bowie like runs his hands down her shoulders and then feels her up. And then we cut to Catherine Deneuve and she's kind of like dancing in front of like that, that the guy that they brought home. He's on the couch. He's grinning like a dumbass. Like he's totally like weaned back, like about ready to like, I'm going to get a BJ, whatever. And she rips his shirt open. He's like smiling with satisfaction, kind of look like a cocky fuck. So then we cut to Bowie. The girl is seated on the countertop and he like parts her legs and like moves his hands like up her inner thighs. Mm -hmm. And then he fucking licks up her neck. Mm -hmm. And I have written, fuck me, Bowie, with four million exclamation points in all caps. He kisses her. He looks like such a good kisser and he is kissing this girl and he's like it's like open mouthed and it's just like almost like precise and thoughtful thoughtful and just present and he's like softly like teasingly like darting his tongue into her mouth Hot. and i it looks like it would be if anyone else was doing this it would be disgusting i think i don't but mind a dart bowie it's like it's skillful. Like, it's not gross yeah. when he's doing it. Yeah. And I, I just, I was... He's had fu- a lot of practice at this point. I movie. was losing my shit, man. But anyway, okay, so let's cut back to Deneuve and this guy. So Deneuve starts making out with this guy. Hot. Like, she knows how to fucking kiss, too. Yeah. You know, so, um, oh, God. And then, so we cut back to Bowie and the punk girl. He's running his hands up her inner thighs, and then his thumbs caress the crease, Mm -hmm. like, where the inner thigh meets the crotch. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, my God. And then he kisses down her tits again. I'm just like, wow. Okay, so enough pontificating for me about this sex scene. Just go watch it yourself. You're going to freak out. Um... They, so one of the things that's unique to the vampires in this movie is they don't, like, when they go in for the kill, they don't bite the person's neck. Mm -hmm. They actually both have these onk pendants that Mm -hmm. have, you can, they've got a hidden mini blade in them. Yeah. Where it's, like, razor sharp, and they cut their victims in the neck. Yeah. To murder them. And then they drink And then, and then they feed. So once, like, the murdering sort of starts to happen, it's intercut with, like, this screaming monkey. It's very disorienting. Images of blood, uh, images of, of Bauhaus, like, in the cage, mm-hmm. like, looking all, like, fucked up. And, like, it's just, it's 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 so visual, good. It's, like, visual poetry. It's it like, is visual poetry. It is a feast for the eyes. Yeah. And I am basically coming by the yeah. end of this. Yeah. Like, I wrote, like, I'm coming. Like, that's all. And it, it's not... Just, like, not a sexual orgasm, yeah, just, just like, all of it. Yeah, all of it. It's so good. It was so, I was so overwhelmed and just mm-hmm. dazzled. Mm-hmm. Ugh, okay. So, anyway, moving on. We meet Susan Sarandon's character. Her name is Dr. Sarah something. She's, like, Sarah. a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's studying, like, aging. And, like, yes. she's studying these monkeys. Her whole thing is, like, I'm going to figure out, it's like the secret to life and death. Uh Like, how do we reverse the clock? Yeah. You know? So we meet her and she's got, like, this boyfriend or whatever who's, like, her coworker. So then we have another sex scene of fucking Bowie, John and Miriam, Bowie and Catherine Deneuve in the shower. 
they're kissing like sweetly and tenderly and intimately but again it's not like these like weak sauce butterfly kisses no, like it's, it's like fucking real. hot man yeah. it is hot man we see Deneuve's tits we see her ass Bowie reaches his hands around and squeezes her ass and water is like dripping it's down just, their body yeah, and like, like dripping color, down her it's tits it's just so good it's just like and again like he looks like an amazing I need to make out with him yeah I'm sweating I know Sweating. You're like, holy cow. I just, like, I don't know. He just, like, honestly, I think that some of the best... Ki- he's, like, the best kisser I've ever seen on screen. Uh-huh. I'm pretty well, sure. I mean, those scenes were, like, brilliant. Oh, my God. Like, I, I, you know, and this is one of the first time I've seen Bowie in a movie since, like, Man Who Fell to Earth. And then, of course, like, Labyrinth. And everyone, like, kind of has, like, kind of a weird sexy yeah, thing for was- Garrett. <laughs> Like, I definitely do. I have not met a single person who's, like, not, like, oh, yeah, man, David Bowie and Labyrinth. Like, it feels so wrong, but it's so right. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah, then but this one And Man Who like, Fell to Earth, too, but his character's, like, all weird yeah, and, yeah. like, fucked but up. But this one, it's, like... Yeah. It's the style. It right. It brings the sexiness. And I kind of like John. Yeah. I like John. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really do, you character. know? Yeah. Okay, I'm confused. Yes. What disease does he have? What is happening is Bowie is rapidly aging. So he was her lover. She told him they were going to be together forever, forever, forever. forever. And he's, like, completely in love with her. He kind of seems like this tortured, sad boy who's just, like, in love and he's doting and miserable. It's probably part of the reason I'm attracted to him in this movie. Well, he's doting and miserable because he's noticing that he's aging. And well, and she's kind of pulling away emotionally from him. Well, because he's aging. Yeah. Another thing, uh, you know, you you get to know, like, sort of their relationship. They teach classical music to this little neighbor girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I liked her. I, I thought, like, the I liked the actress. I thought she had a lot of spunk. I dug her performance. She was hamming it up with the gum a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was that director, I'd be like, honey, great job. Just, like, chill out with the gum. Just yeah. a little bit, uh-huh. you know? It's like she was going real balls to the real wall with hard. that gum. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they they play music with her. And it's kind of charming, you know? Like, I just, I kind of loved him. John. Well, it was, like, just showing. so hot. It's because it was showing their, like, humanistic yeah. side. Yeah, right? But basically what's happening is, like, he is aging rapidly. He mm-hmm. ages from 30 to, like, 70 in like yeah, but he's in a span of like eight hours. So he goes to he's aging really fast. He goes to see Susan Sarandon mm-hmm. because he finds out they see her on TV on an interview. Yeah. And Miriam and he's is been reading the book. Right. And Miriam's like, ooh. Miriam's who is like, this? Miriam's like, it's like her. Like has the hots she's low-key has the hots with her, and she's low-key distancing herself from, from John as she has. She's found her next supply. Right, exactly. So he um, he's like, I was a young man when I woke up this morning. She's like, I'll be back in 15 minutes. Yeah. Her meeting takes like three fucking hours. By the time she sees him again, he's, he's like, like 80. He's like he's 80. Like, this man. man is dying rapidly. Yeah. So like he goes lucky. He goes home. Miriam's not back yet. And the little 
neighbor girl comes over and she's like, is Miriam here? I want to see her. And then he's like, no, no one's here. But he lets her up. And she's like, are you John's father? She's playing music. They're having a nice conversation, you know, and she's like, are you sure? Like, she's like, you you seem so much like John. You have his eyes. Mm-hmm. And this scene is fucking crazy because like the entire time that he was leaving Susan Sarandon's office, he was kind of getting like tempted by body parts. Like he was looking at people's necks and elevators. Yeah. And then he tries to kill that guy on who's dancing on roller skates, but he, like, yeah, fails. Yeah, like, he gets this insane hunger. Yes, and then he... It's, like, one of the most suspenseful scenes I've seen in a really long time. He keeps, you know, he's tempted to kill the little girl. He's tempted to kill the little girl. And then he fucking murders the little girl. And I was like, I cannot believe he did that. I just got the download. Dude, he's dying, right? Yeah. So, we don't know why, but... When you're dying and he's no, he knows he's about to, like, preach death, you get a hunger, this hunger, this insatiating hunger for life because you know death is coming. Right. right. And what is one of the closest things? Oh, a child. A child. Youth. There we yeah. go. So he fucking kills her and it's, like, insane. So then Miriam comes home later she sees him and he is like regressed further. He is mm-hmm. like an old, feeble man at this mm-hmm. point. And she finds out he killed the little girl. Mm-hmm. She's upset. Mm-hmm. She's upset about John deteriorating. Mm-hmm. They have this incinerator at the bottom of their house, which is where they put all their victims. And I'm like, wow, that's like a way to fucking cover your tracks, man. That's pretty yeah. convenient. Um, and the, the other thing about this is like, John tries to, like, kiss her and be intimate with her again, and she's just, like, disgusted by him. Well, I mean, look at him at that point. Yeah, I know. I know. It's really, really sad. I was like, shit, like, David Bowie was hot so briefly in this movie. Like, fuck. Like, what's happening? Yeah, but it's also, like, depressing. Like, she's she's disgusted by him. And, like, remember at the end of Dracula? Like, Winona Ryder was still trying to bang gross old Dracula. It's like their love was, like, eternal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, her love was not eternal. No, it is not. So, basically, he's, like, dying and aging. He is so frail that she carries him like a baby. And I'm like, that had to have been a doll. Because, like, I don't think... Oh, yeah, Catherine yeah. Deneuve could carry Bowie. <laughs> I couldn't carry Bowie. That man's like six something, yeah. right? Yeah. He, she takes him up to like the attic of this house, which is like crazy looking. The set design in this 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 movie is just well, unreal. Their apartment or house is just, it's crazy. Oh, it's like so this cool. mad it's fun like house. It is like a museum because there's like all this old shit because they've been. been it's like a cop, yeah. So she takes him up to the attic where there's like these gauzy curtains and all these pigeons and stuff. And puts him in a coffin. But the thing about this is he's not actually dead. No, because he He's can't in die. living death. She won't get rid of him. Well, she can't. He begs her to get rid of him. No, she can. She can murder him, but she won't do it. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. awful. So, like, it's really fucking shitty. So she puts him in this coffin, and then she puts him next to all these other coffins. And you see, like, 20 20 coffins. coffins. And you realize, like, she's been doing this to her lovers for, like... she can't kill him. She can't let him go. She can't let them go. Like a true narcissist. Yes, she can't let them go. So she basically just imprisons them in living death. It's so awful. Yeah. 
Miriam basically shifts her focus to Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon comes to the house looking for John because he got pissed. He was like, you told me to wait for three hours. Look at me now. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like this guy is actually dying. This is actually a legit thing. He's not crazy. So she goes to the house looking for him. Miriam says he's gone to Sweden. My husband has gone to Sweden. Pretty cold. So then they chat briefly and then she like leaves. Susan Sarandon leaves. Then, okay, so this is not that important, but I just have to drop this bomb because it's a cast bomb that's about to be dropped. This detective comes to the house looking for the disappearance of the little girl. That detective, I can't remember what the actor's name is. He's the dad from Clueless. He is the dad from Clueless. And he's Nixon and Dick. Yeah. 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 Holy shit. Okay, so I just had to throw that out there. So anyway... Susan Sarandon, she's having, or Sarah, she's having, like, these dreams of Miriam. They're kind of having, like, this telepathic connection Connection. already where, like, she, like, somehow saves Susan, like, Sarah's character from getting hit by a truck and whatever. So, yeah, they have this telepathic connection. So then Susan Sarandon comes to visit Miriam again. They talk. She, they split a sherry. They're kind of flirting with each other. Like, yeah. Susan, there's this subtext. There's an undertone, and Susan just is like, I know. She's like, like, Susan Sarandon is like, they're kind of flirting. She's like, are you making a pass at me? Mm-hmm. So she they start, bold. Miriam starts uh, playing at the piano, and she's playing the flower duet from Lachme, which is an opera, and the flower duet is sung by two sopranos, and it is famous for its lesbian subtext. They're, they're talking, and for a second, it looks like they're talking without speaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was just the editing or it if was that was a clever intention yeah. by the director. It was so quick. Yeah. And that's another thing I just yeah. loved. So anyway, Susan Sarandon, she's wearing a white t-shirt. She's not wearing a bra underneath. She spills sherry on her tit. Uh-huh. And she, it cuts to a scene where she's, like, kind of, like, pathetically, like, her, like, she got the part of, like, her tit all wet. She's wearing a white t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You can see the nipple. Yeah. You kind of see her areola through it. And she's, like, kind of just, like, scrubbing it. She's not trying that hard to get the stain out. Yeah, she's like, look at my titty. Yeah, Miriam walks by her and sits down on a chair and watches, puts her fucking feet up. And it's just like, I'm going to enjoy the show. Susan Sarandon strips off her shirt. We Mm -hmm. see Susan Sarandon's tits. Miriam goes up to her as if to give her a shirt to put on. And they start, they look very deeply into each Mm -hmm. other's eyes. And they start making out. Yeah. So now we get into the lesbian sex scene with Sarah and Miriam. It's so good. It is. It is. It's beautifully done. Again, the whole thing Uh is set to the flower duet. Mm -hmm. We cut to... Susan Sarandon, she's laying on, or Sarah, she's laying on Miriam's bed in topless and high cut black 80s. panties. Yeah, like 80s high cut panties. Yeah, and Miriam joins her on the bed and she's wearing like this black, like slip sort of negligee mm-hmm. type thing. They start making out. Again, it's like light, whatever. Like Miriam is definitely more feminine, and then Sarah's more of like yeah. masculine. Miriam, like, kisses down Susan Sarandon's body. She sucks on her tit. Mm-hmm. We get some titty-sucking yeah. action in there. Throughout this whole thing, it's like the gauze, white gauze curtains on her I bed. Know, it's so are beautiful. Like shifting. It's just beautiful looking. So then this is intercut with sort of the after sex where Susan Sarandon is lying face up and she's kind of like 
frozen, mm-hmm. almost like she's scared. Mm-hmm. And Miriam, we see Catherine Deneuve. She's lying down naked as well. Great butt. And um, it's a little, it's scary. It's unnerving, like, what's happening. Yeah. And we see Miriam bite I, her. And it's very, very sexy looking. Yeah. It is the sexiest version of biting that I've ever seen in any of these movies. Yeah. Ever. Like, it's really, it is really, really good. Really and se- sensual. And, and sensual. And, like, with and the like almost, like, loving. Yeah, but also, like, like but also ravenous. Yeah. Like, it's it insidious, was like really, too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was just really well done. So, um, then we see Susan Sarandon bite Miriam, mm-hmm. and you see blood get drawn and everything. And then there is kind of like this brilliant, hilarious cutaway. It dissolves into a, a shot of a steak being cut with a knife. Yeah, it was cool. And it's Susan Sarandon is out to like dinner with her boyfriend, like, and she's, right afterwards, right afterwards, and but like she's he, hungry, dude. Well, she's hungry, but so she's not like she's starving yeah. all the time, but she can't eat food. She ends up yeah. throwing it all up, and she orders she's like a rare steak and stuff. Yeah, she's transforming, and he's like, "Why are you talking to this woman for like three hours?" Like he knows something it's is going up. on. Yeah. yeah. So then they take Susan Saranet, like, she's in the lab with her boyfriend and whatever, because they're all scientists. They're all chain-smoking in the lab like it's a goddamn smoking lounge, for Christ's sake. Yeah, Which is, like, hilarious to me. Oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention that that dinner scene, it's intercut with a scene of the two of them swimming naked together. So, oh, like, women, Sarah it's like, is yeah. very much under the power of yeah, Miriam yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, she's very distracted. She's very involved. Yeah. She just wants to be back with her. Right. So they basically, they go to the lab, they find out something is, like, legit wrong. She doesn't understand. She's, like, there's, they're, like, there's alien blood in her veins. Like, one blood strain is fighting against the other. So then Susan Saran is fucking pissed, and she goes to confront Miriam. And Miriam basically tells her, like, you fed from my blood, I fed from your blood. You'll stay forever. Like, yeah, you'll like, stay I'm in forever now. now. I'm in forever. You're mine. Susan Sarandon is not having it. She's like, mad. She's fucking pissed off. She's like, I didn't ask for this bitch. Right. So there's this scene. She's kind of like running around town. Like, she doesn't not. Her? Right. She does not look well. And it's kind of like a Rosemary's baby yeah, yeah. moment. Like she goes to like call this doctor in the phone booth, but she can't reach him. And it's just like, she thinks she's going insane. I got another cast bomb to drop to you. Oh, well, I already know. I am it. so fucking excited about this. Okay. Because it's so tied in. We hear this guy, like she's on the phone and she's all out of it. And he's like, hey lady, how about it? It's fucking young Willem Dafoe. I know. Oh my God. I freaked out. Okay. I'm sorry. Like ever since the last temptation of Christ. I have a thing I, for Willem Dafoe. I know. It was like a little happy little reminder, Tori, to be like, look, it's young William Dafoe for you. Uh, oh, my God. A treat from the universe. I am just like, I don't, dude, I like for revelations. I have such a thing for him now. It's like, I kind of, like, he's kind of like sexy, ugly, like monster-ish. What's wrong with me? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like even more turned on than I was already. Like Willem Dafoe and Bowie in one movie like this, I am a happy gal. So, okay. So Susan Sarandon, she goes back to Miriam's place because she has nowhere else to go. She she looks like she's fucking going through withdrawal. Like she she's is. cracked she out, is. man, because That's she's hungry happens. and she's not eating. She, and then she tells her, you're going to come back to me. Yes, exactly. And she does. So S- Miriam goes out to hunt 
for Susan Sarandon. And every time she goes out to hunt, she puts on that badass outfit. She goes to that oh club. God, she puts I on know. her fucking shades. The shades. Right. She's like, let's get the baby some food. Right. So Miriam is like, or excuse me, Sarah is like laying in Miriam's bed. She's like all fucked up. Like she she is having convulsions. Yeah, like she's she dying. Yeah. Like she she's, does look her like whole she's body going is through. dying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. she's got the shakes. The symbolism. Yeah. And, um, Miriam brings this guy back. She ends up, like, murdering him in the elevator. At the same time, Sarah's boyfriend, Tom, is, like, looking for her because she didn't show up for that doctor's appointment yeah. because Willem Dafoe came over and, like, fucking, you know, was hot. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. So he is, like, I'm here to get Sarah. Catherine Deneuve, or Miriam, is, like, oh, yeah, like, she's upstairs. He goes to see Sarah. She's all fucked up looking. So they sort of get into a struggle a little bit where he's, like, trying to calm her down and get her out of there. And he's, like, I've got you. I've got you, baby. He's, like, I love you. I love you you so much. And, like, I feel like he was sincere. He did love her. He did really love her. Then Susan Sarandon, like, it seems like she's about to kiss him for a minute. And then she fucking turns on him and she comes downstairs and Catherine Deneuve sees her and Susan Sarandon is like all smug looking and she's got blood on her lips and she's like I told you how easy it was yeah and then they make out with all the blood and then it seems as though Sarah takes the Ankh necklace and kills herself yeah she stabs stabs herself. herself And Miriam is, like, all upset. She weeps. She's super upset. She does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. So she does the same thing. She does the same thing that she did with David Bowie, where she carries her up like a baby to the attic to go, like, ready to put her in a coffin. Then. This is the shit that gave me anxiety. This is the shit that I was like, holy shit. All so John and all of the all other of dead bitches, lovers, all that bitches goes popping up. Wake up from their coffins, oh. and they're all coming for Miriam. They're all trying to like kiss her and whatever, and she's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. and it's like, well, this is what you do. You don't actually fucking kill these people, and you leave them yeah, in exactly. boxes for they're eternity, and they're all horny and like miserable. So they eventually like chase her. She falls down her like ten flights of stairs. And she dies. And but she changes to... She, she changes, yeah, she gets old and gross and everything, wow. too. At the very end of the movie, we see Sarah in the same sort of gauzy whatever. She's kind of, like, doing the Miriam vibe now. And she has a victim. Mm-hmm. So it's like Sarah survived, and now she is... Now she's the predatory yeah. vampire. Of course, that's how it goes. Any final thoughts about the hunger? The hunger once fed into your brain visually is the utmost satisfying. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> I, I just it. thought it, I thought it was a masterwork. Yeah, it was great. I thought it, it's it's just unbelievable. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I, watch it again. Me too. I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay, so this is actually kind of deep. All right, so... I hate deep. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't do that. Well, it's simple, but <laughs> it's kidding. deep. But it's something that I'm also genuinely curious about. Okay. So these movies all do fit into the lesbian vampire genre box. Mm-hmm. Like, they're part of that. But most of the vampires that we've seen in these movies that are women are bisexual, not strictly lesbian. And I, I don't know, do you think 
What do you mean? They are well. They they sleep with men too. And in a lot of the, you Besides know, some of the, lesbians. right, and some of the summaries that we've seen, you know, they say, like, they're probably bisexual, blah, 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 yet this is the lesbian vampire genre. So I'm wondering, like, do you think any of these characters that we've seen are legitimately bisexual, or are they just preying on men as a means to an end? So I have thoughts, but then I want to hear, I want to hear what you think first. Or is it just Hollywood being shitty? I think it's a combination of all three. Mm -hmm. I think that the way for me where I really enjoyed these, like, lesbian vampire movies was the female empowerment. And also if you're dealing with, like, male gaze and, like, director, there there is going to be, like, fuckery with a man. But I don't... But it's, like, it just depends on the film. Because some of them I felt like they were enjoying having sex. So I do feel like there was that bisexuality mm-hmm. of, like, I love women, but I will also fuck men. Is like, But I liked it how it was more of, like, a treat mm-hmm. and how it was more of, like, not the main the main course or, like, subject of their desire, where mm-hmm. the subject of their desire still remained, like, female and, like, woman. But then again, you have to think about the same time. It's, like, if, if male directors, it's in the 70s and it's in the 80s and they're filming something that is, like, very sexual and, like, they're going to, like, feed the male gaze by yeah. throwing in, like, a man, too. Mm-hmm. But all the men that they threw in, though, were just disgusting. Except for Bowie and kind Except of that. Except for Bowie. And that butler. But that was of. more, I, I mean, that butler. was also, like. Don't forget about the butler. The butler. Yeah, I just forgot about the butler. I don't know. Me no care no butler. Me no like, care about the butler. He's kind of like young Michael Caine vibes. I mean, uh, well, he was better than a lot of the men that we've seen in this yeah. series. But, okay, so here's my, my theory. Yeah. I think that most of the, the characters that we've seen, not just in this episode, but, like, in the previous one, too, I think they were lesbian and using men as means to an end. Because, to your point, their target of desire, like, there is always a woman Mm -hmm. but I think Catherine Deneuve's character I think Miriam was genuinely bisexual yeah because she was in love she was in love with John yeah all right well thank you guys for listening to uh our Lesbian Vampire series, our Oktoberfest. Our Oktoberfest is lesbian vampire films. Quite something to sink your teeth into. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed and we will see you next time. Yeah, the holidays. Yep, for the holidays. Kinky Christmas. We'll see what we're going to do. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Sex and the Cinema. You can find us on Instagram at Sex and the Cinema Pod. And also, feel free to reach out to us on email at sexinthecinemapod at gmail.com. Um, at some point, we're going to get our shit together to make a TikTok. Uh, Maggie will be handling that. And uh, thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye.